Hi, and welcome to Therapy Matters with your host, David Eli Racinos, LCSW. This podcast and website represents opinions of David Eli Racinos, as well as his guests to the show and website. It should not be taken as medical mental health advice. The contents here are for informational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult with your mental health care professional for your mental health questions. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content establish a clinician-client relationship. And now, let's welcome David Eli Racinos, LCSW. Welcome to Therapy Matters with me, your host, David Racinos, LCSW. So today I wanted to uh, discuss parenting and some of the issues, some of the things that I've discussed when I do a lot of family sessions. So basically, um, not that I want to tell you, you know, I'm not the expert as far as like parents, but I work with so many parents. I've been doing this for so many years. So a lot of the things that I'm going to tell you are coping skills, things that we've talked about in discussions that I've had with the families. And I always tell the parents, you know yourself better, you know your kids best. But sometimes when we have difficulties, it's it's kind of uh, it becomes a challenge to be able to communicate and express what we're feeling and kind of to break down these problems. So in a way, I become like a mediator and I help them kind of navigate some of these issues. So to begin, let's start with I want to discuss some developmental issues. Uh, So it's called developmental iceberg. So basically, imagine an iceberg, and basically when we see kids acting out a certain way, what we see is the very tip, and this is behaviors that we see, but what we don't see underneath is internal body responses that the child's having, the thing about them being fearful, being scared, so they go into this state of not really being able to process or identify what they're feeling, emotions... Uh, sensations processed in the body and the brain and also taking in consideration the child's developmental capacities so maturity level seeing how they identify every child is different so you might have like a mature eight-year-old versus an immature eight-year-old and so on so we have to consider all that also the child's ability to plan and execute their thoughts and their memories and the steps that we do to parenting to kind of being able to identify some of these things is don't start talking until you have your child's full attention. So make sure I tell the parents, make sure if the child's on the phone or looking at TV to have them put away and then actually look at them, make direct eye contact, make sure that they're actually engaged and you're talking to them. Also, the next one is don't repeat yourself. So I tell the parents... uh, I get this a lot where they're like, I have to tell him like five times, six times. And they tell me each time that they have to do this, they get more and more angrier because the child's not listening. So I tell them you should always start out with the first one. Um, So they heard you the first time. And the second time, they're basically deciding to ignore you. So what I tell them is the first time, make sure that it's very direct. You could even tell them like, You know, Johnny, I want you to clean up your room and then also throw in the consequence. So that way they know where you stand and you're being very serious. 
So, Johnny, clean up your room or else I'm going to take away your tablet time. So that way there's no negotiating. They already know what, what's going to happen. You could give them options, but basically the first one, I want you to handle it that way. So, you know, identify it that way. The next one is try to use fewer words. So like I mentioned, be very direct, be very specific. You don't have to give a lot of explanation. The next one is see it from their point of view. So nobody wants to be told what to do. So if the child's in the middle of playing a game, you could tell them, hey, I understand. I know you don't want to stop. You're having so much fun. But you could also add like, I'll give you five, 10 minutes to finish up what you're doing and then you have to stop. But there shouldn't be any negotiating on what you decide to tell them afterwards. The next thing is to encourage cooperation. So kind of the same thing. Nobody likes being told what to do. So when you address the child, say it in a calm manner. Try to be calm about it. And I'll get into some of this later on where I want you to um, calm yourself first, process um, Control your own emotions before you deal with the child. And this is part of the next one, which is staying calm, which we just kind of mentioned. Also, setting up routines. So they have the routine to brush your teeth, get ready for school, get ready for bed. Uh, just basically keeping a, a schedule so that way there's no negotiating. They should already know when they're supposed to be doing, you know, A, B, C, D. Also, listen, so active listening, so the same thing as you talking to them, making sure that you're listening, you're paying attention, active listening, being engaged. And also, the next one is watch for understanding. So make sure that you were very direct, they knew, and I tell the parents also what you could do is ask them to repeat what you just told them. So what did I tell? What was the summary? So that way they understand there's no miscommunication. The next thing I want to discuss is kind of what I was telling about you being calm, you being in the moment. So there's something that I was uh, kind of researching called peaceful parenting. So basically they're talking about how we're role models for kids. So if you're able to show the child that you, you're able to control yourself, your emotions, they're going to respond because they're kind of feeding off of what you're showing them. So if you're overwhelmed, I understand like work could be stressful, you come home, you know, something's going on, but then you should be calm when you're addressing the child. So that way you don't bring in whatever's upsetting you, whatever happened in the day, you're just there in the moment, you're focused on your child. Because uh, what happens is you might give them punishment for misbehaving, but then this is going to cause more resentment, they're going to be angry, they're gonna look at you in a negative way and that's what you don't want you want them to think you're a nice parent you're very supportive you're helpful you're understanding so what happens is if you start kind of being more empathetic if you're able to calm yourself down you're gonna be able to help the child understand that they don't have to feel bad about themselves and you're showing them that over time they're going to be able to develop better self-discipline, better control over their emotions. They're going to be able to communicate a lot better. The child then in turn will learn to communicate and work things out better with others. They'll develop tools to thrive throughout their lives. And what I'm not, I'm not trying to say that you're always going to be at peace. You're always going to be calm. I mean, we all get angry. But what happens is if we allow our anger and fear to 
affect our reasoning and our brain functioning, then we go into a fight or flight or freeze response. And the child will look to us like an enemy. It's subconscious, unconscious, but that's basically what our body's kind of telling us. Like, hey, you know, this child's misbehaving. He's not a good kid. And then we'll get into negative thinking about our own child. And then what happens is our agenda will shift from teaching our children or being a role model and not nurturing a healthy development to like a battle or winning at all costs. So it'll become back and forth, which really isn't positive. And then we end up uh, threatening with punishments or some kind of consequence, which really isn't positive because the communication shuts down. Like I said, the the child will look at you as an enemy. They won't be wanting to trust or open up to you anymore. And with parents, I always tell them that at this moment, when you get upset, when something's going on, that has nothing to do with the child, then you need to be responsible for your own self-care. So giving yourself whatever it takes to help you control your emotions, reduce the anger, exercise, meditation, kind of the same thing that I tell my clients to do. And when you kind of become better at peaceful parenting, then what will happen is, like I mentioned, you're a role model for your child. You'll show them how to regulate their emotions, work through conflicts, in a respectful way to both parties and then at the same time you're going to address whatever needs are driving their behaviors and as a result your child will improve their behaviors and they'll notice they they'll be able to kind of process and help themselves as adults because the main objective is that parenting is a relationship so when you treat your child with respect adornment you actually value them you let them be themselves, then you develop a connection that allows you to see their perspective and which allows you to become more of a responsible parent, which is one of the most important factors in developing a young child's emotional health. And in turn, what happens is children, when they feel connected, they trust that they will be understood, loved, and protected. And if the child doesn't feel safe, then they they will make um, errors, they will tease their siblings, they will ash, lash out in anger. So basically they're modeling what you're doing. And it kind of becomes like a conflict too. So they'll take it out on their sibling. 